The Bible Study Podcast, episode 301. Today, the Bible Study Podcast wraps up a study of the book of Colossians. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We'll be wrapping up with this episode, the study of the book of Colossians. Not sure where we're going next, but let's jump into Colossians 4. The very first part of Colossians 4, I'll admit I should have read last week, and that is verse 1. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. This is one of those places where the people who came back in later on to a book that had no verses and had no chapters and had no paragraphs for that matter, or even punctuation, came back in and put a chapter break in an awkward place. And so I missed that this is part of the previous thought of now that you're going to live together and now that you're going to treat one another with love and over all these things put on love. We talked about wives and husbands and children and slaves, but this is part of the same thought of you masters who have authority over someone else, you should remember that you also are under authority and should treat those who you have authority with, with love. And I apologize that I didn't cover that last week. And then we're going to get two more sections, final instructions, and then the final greetings. Final instructions, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And as Paul wraps up this section here on how should we live, he says that we should be prayerful, watchful, and thankful. Prayerful is fairly obvious. We should live our lives, as he says elsewhere, in constant prayer, in the sense that not just that we should remember to pray every day, but that in all things that we're doing, we should remember to include God in the conversation. In all things that are happening to us, in our work, in our families, in all of those things, on an hour-by-hour basis, we should remember to include God in that conversation. As we are including God in that conversation, that should lead, I believe, naturally to thankfulness. As we remember all that God has done for us, as we remember all that God is doing for us, as we remember the love and care of God, that should naturally lead to us being thankful. Now, watchful here... I think there's two different ways of interpreting that. There are times, especially in the early church, that they thought that Christ was going to come again in a few years rather than a few thousand years. And so watchful there may mean, you know, he doesn't know how much time they have. Or he may just say, as you live your life, do it in a deliberate fashion. Watch what you do. I think it's probably the first meaning, although the second one is a pretty good meaning as well. And then he's saying, as long as you're praying all the time, Remember us and remember what we're doing, Paul and his traveling companions, Paul and the people in the ministry with him, because we're trying to proclaim the mystery of Christ and pray that we may have opportunities. Pray that we'll get a chance. And as Paul writes this, he is writing this in chains. He is writing this and he has already been arrested and sent off to Rome. His concern here, you'll notice, isn't focusing on help me get out of chains, But on the more important question is, pray that God may open a door so that we can proclaim the mystery of Christ. Pray that I can preach the gospel, because that to Paul is the most important thing. 
the getting out of change would be nice in so much as it would allow him to continue to preach the gospel. But even in chains, he is continuing to minister. He is continuing to preach the gospel. And he says, in the same way also, he said, be careful how you act towards outsiders. Be wise. Think about how you were acting. Think about the message that you were delivering. Because you deliver a message with everything you say, but even more so with everything you do. It's not a question of, are we going to be a witness for the gospel? It's a question of, are we going to be a good witness for the gospel? If people look at us, will they see Christ in our actions? And he says, make the most of every opportunity. Every chance you interact with somebody who is an outsider, he says, you have an opportunity there to be Christ in that situation. to Not to talk about Christ necessarily, but to to mimic Christ, to be as Christ would be in that situation, to show the love of Christ in that situation and to that person. So let your conversation be always full of grace. As you look at somebody, look at them as God looks at them with love and be graceful, full of grace, grace, that grace that God gave us, that love that we did not deserve. Don't Require that people deserve love, but show love to them anyway, as God has done for us. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And then the last section here is a reminder that as Paul goes about his mission, as Paul goes about his ministry, he is not doing so alone. And we get these final greetings. Tychicus will send you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your heart. He's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a fellow servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke the doctor and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. It would be easy for us to gloss over this section as if it were a section just about a bunch of people who died 2,000 years ago. But there are some interesting things in here if you recognize some of these names. We don't know much about some of them. We don't know a whole lot about Tychicus and Aristarchus, and we don't know that much about Epaphras, except that we started the letter with that he is the one who brought the word of God to the Colossians. And we hear here that he is continuing to work on their behalf, that he's continuing to pray for them. They still hold a very special 
place in his heart, and not just him, but these two nearby towns, Laodicea and also Hierapolis. And as I mentioned, I've been to Hierapolis. You can go to these cities. Uh, They are in Turkey. There are four other names that I want to bring out from this list because we know more about them, and what we know about them is interesting. One is he is saying that Tychicus is coming with Onesimus, and Onesimus is interesting because Onesimus is the subject of another of Paul's letters, and that's the letter to Philemon. And maybe we'll read Philemon next week just to wrap this up, and then we'll figure out where we go from there. But Onesimus was a slave, and Onesimus ran away from his master Philemon. And in his freedom, at some point, he encountered Paul. He becomes a Christian, and Paul sends him back to his master with the letter in the book of Philemon, which we'll read next week, and says, he is a slave, but he is now also your brother in Christ, and I would desire that you set him free. And Onesimus, we understand from church history, is set free by Philemon. He is here now. Either this is the time that he is coming back with the letter of Philemon in his hand, or he is returning for a second time and has already been freed by his master. So think about that, that verse that we started with here, the one that I should have covered last week, masters provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you have a master in heaven. When Paul talks about that, he means that in very practical, in very real words, he knows people who are masters of slaves. He knows people who have authority over other people. And he has, at least on one occasion, asked them to do something fairly radical because of their faith. And that's this man, Onesimus. The second name that is very recognizable is the name of Barnabas. And remember, Barnabas isn't actually his name. Barnabas means son of encouragement. And Barnabas was the one who, when Paul wasn't welcomed into the church in Jerusalem, because they knew that this is the guy who was trying to kill Christians, this Saul guy, Barnabas goes out and gets him and welcomes him in and introduces him to the rest of the apostles. Barnabas, the one who sold the riches he had, sold a field and brought the proceeds, Barnabas, who is the one who gets Paul and goes out on their first missionary journey. And along with them, they have this other guy mentioned here, Mark, the writer of the Gospel of Mark. And you may remember that Mark gives up halfway through that missionary journey and goes home to mom. And Paul gives up on Mark. Paul says when they go to go off on the second journey, you know, that Mark guy, he abandoned us. I don't want to take him. And Barnabas says, no, I want to go with Mark, in part because he's a cousin, but in part because Barnabas, the name means son of encouragement, and that's who this guy is. And so he goes off with Mark, and Mark apparently grows up because we know two things about him after this time. One is, Paul's still writing about him saying, Mark is with me, and Mark is part of this ministry. Well, he's part of this ministry because Barnabas didn't give up on him. We need more Barnabases. And Mark is also the one who we believe later on travels with Peter and writes the Gospel of Peter, which we know as the Gospel of Mark. And the third one that I want to bring up is one that's more of a cautionary tale because that is the name Demas. And you probably don't recognize Demas. Demas is mentioned three times in the Bible, in Philemon, Colossians, and 2 Timothy. In Philemon... Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke are mentioned all as my fellow workers. Luke, the beloved physician who writes the Gospel of Luke and also the book of Acts. In Colossians here, we get my dear friend Luke the doctor, 
and Demas, a somewhat lesser greeting than Luke, even though in the letter to Philemon they had sort of equal billing. In fact, Demas was listed first. And Second Timothy, Paul writes this, For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Our understanding is that Demas loved this world and left the faith. And I want to end Colossians on this cautionary note because there is a battle going on and there are other things pulling at our hearts besides God and the love of God. And the love for this world pulls at us and wants to pull us away from all the things that Paul talked about in this letter, all of those things that he desires for us and for the people of Colossae. And so guard your hearts. And so as Paul ends this letter, he encourages them, remember my chains, remember why I'm doing this, and grace be with you. And so grace to all of you as well. With that, we'll end this study of Colossians. Again, we're going to continue on just a little bit because next week we'll do Philemon. If you have any questions about the Bible Study Podcast, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. If you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.